Welcome, everybody. You know what time it is. Every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle, we get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. It's always fun to talk to this guy. He does a great job covering the sport of MMA and boxing. You can check him out at yahoosports.com. He is the one, the only Kevin Ioli with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. Kevin, how are you, man? I am doing great, although I think I could use a Zeke's Pizza right now. (laughs) You're a little famished, are you? It's been a long day and haven't had lunch yet, so I could go for a, a good pepperoni there. <laughs> All right. Well, before uh, hey, before I talk to you about the the card coming up this weekend, I want to talk to you about a piece that you wrote uh, last week, or maybe it was the beginning of this week, and that was on the in light of what we saw on video with Gervonta Davis, one of the more promising young up and coming fighters in the boxing game. Um, that scene with him grabbing his—I don't know if it's a girl, current girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, mother of his children. Uh, grabbing her by the coat, by the throat, dragging her out of an arena. It was disturbing, to say the very least. And for people that aren't aware of the story, you, you wrote a piece on it. Could, could you just give an overview on it? And, and the, the part of your story that stuck with me is that there's really nobody to answer to in this. There's nobody to hand out punishment outside of the law, but in terms of a commission, in terms of a, an organization, right. so to speak, there, there's, there's nowhere to turn. Yeah, you know, because there's no central authority in boxing the way there is, you know, let, you know, say the NFL where there's a commissioner or the NBA, uh, you don't have that in boxing. You know, it's a worldwide sport, uh, and it's regulated by tribal commissions and state athletic commissions, and some places it's not even regulated at all. Um, and so there's no way to hold people accountable if they're not licensed. So boxing licenses in the U.S. are a calendar year. So if you fight on December 30th, your boxing license expires on December 31st, and on January 1st, you're an unlicensed fighter. Um, and then you only have only the state that you're licensed in may have jurisdiction over you. Uh, in this case, Davis is an unlicensed fighter uh, at the super, at a Super Bowl celebrity basketball game. Uh, he grabbed his uh, the mother of his uh, daughter by the throat, lifted her out of the chair, and kind of like in a move like he was going to do a choke slam, he uh, brought her into the back. Um, and so I wrote about that and and talked about how you know he boxing is not set up to deal with these kind of things and you know I'm not personally in favor of a, a federal commission because number one it would only help the United States and boxing is a worldwide sport but number two you know the federal government has proven to us for many years that they're not very good at uh, at doing these kind of things so um, you know I don't think that's the answer but there has to be some kind of way that the association of boxing commissions uh, which is all the uh, athletic commissions in the U.S. and Canada could get together and at least put some rules together so that they have some ability to to punish people and suspend them from fights if this kind of thing happens. And one other thing I should add, after my story came out, um, the police in uh, Miami, uh, Coral Gables actually, said that there was closed-circuit video when Davis took her behind, uh, you know, they went down a hallway and then they went off camera. Wherever he was, now they're saying that he punched her, oh. uh, which I did not report because we did not know, but they said they had closed circuits uh, video that showed he punched her. So he's probably going to face something from the police that I, at the time I wrote, I didn't think he would face. But now, given, you know, that that's an assault, he has been charged, and uh, that is going to, you know, that it will change it a little bit, but it won't change it from a boxing standpoint at all. I mean, what do you even say about that? That's beyond disgraceful, despicable. I mean, what a, what trash. 
What a trash heap. I mean, it's and it bums me out, Kevin, because I, I listen, I didn't know much about Gervonta. I know about his connection with Floyd, who who's had his own issues in this area, and I've got no love at all for Floyd Mayweather based on that. But, you know, this is a guy I really enjoyed watching. And now now on in light of this, how do you how do you even tune in to see this guy other than hoping he gets his his head handed to him? I mean, it, it really it's it's sad on all levels. Obviously it begins with a victim and it's just it's despicable, and it's it's not a it's not it's not right that there there is no punishment outside of the law. That there's nowhere he could potentially in in Miami. Maybe they don't license him to fight there, but he could go to Vegas or he could go to New York. He could he, he can still oh yeah he he could still just go about his merry merry way and not really pay a price for this. Again, the law aside, but his profession really isn't isn't threatened in this situation whereas in in leagues as you talked about you've got to answer to a commissioner whether we think their punishments are are weak or too too hard whatever there is somebody to answer to and that that comes back to the main problem when you go back in the history of boxing about it being corrupt and people fixing fights and how guys move up and down the rankings based on how tight they are with a promoter blah 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 i mean it is it, it it all comes down to the same thing there is no governing body there is nobody to keep everybody in check yeah, I mean, there's no um, barrier to entry to get into boxing promoting. Anybody can put on a fight that they want. Um, and so, you you know, there's, it's a difficult sport to regulate. And so for all the great things that happen, you know, when we get to these kind of issues and, and you know, things like drug testing, you know, I, I put in my article, I mean, it's amazing that two states like California and Nevada, two of the biggest states that put on the most fights, have different rules in terms of how you're allowed to wrap your hands. That is a very fundamental thing about the way the fights are held, and yet you can wrap your hands one way in California and another way in Nevada. And some trainers claim that the way Nevada allows fighters' hands to wrap uh, is unfair and could uh, hurt fighters. So it, it's really crazy. And, and I tried to you know, not just pile on Gervonta Davis, and what he did was repulsive and, as you said, despicable, but to highlight, you know, hey, let's try to figure out a way to solve this problem because it's not just him. This is a lot more than just him. Yeah, and, and the last thing, the, something I learned from your piece, and may, maybe this, again, goes back to the core problem that there there isn't anybody sort of bringing this stuff to light and handling it. I didn't even know about Kovalev and, and his issue. I had no idea he'd been in, in trouble for domestic violence until I read your piece. I mean, you know, something like that happens in the NFL. It's front-page news. We hear about it everywhere. Same with Major League Baseball. I mean, you know who they are. You know what the deal is. You know the punishments. I mean, for me, at least, anyway, that one flew under the radar. I had no idea that it even happened. Yeah, and he, he's managed to get, you know, he's changed attorneys twice. So, you know, he was supposed to go to trial on two separate occasions. He changed attorneys, and so, the, you know, the judge in the case uh, um, delayed, the, um, delayed the trial. Uh, so he still hasn't gone on trial. This happened in uh, June, I believe it was June of 2018. And so, you know, we're, what, 18, 19 months later, and he still hasn't gone through trial. He's fought four times. Uh, he made $12 million in the Canelo fight alone. Uh, so... You know, he made a ton of money and, and really hasn't faced any repercussions yet. Now, at least from his standpoint, you know, he has been charged and, you know, the law will deal with him. And I suspect, you know, especially given what happened to him against Canelo, that, you know, if he gets any sort of uh, jail time, which it seems like if he's convicted, he would, given the gravity of the charges and that the woman suffered. Um, if he's convicted, then I think, you know, his boxing career is probably over. But, uh, you know, that you know that remains to be seen what will happen in the legal case. 
Speaking with Kevin Ioli here on 710 ESPN Seattle. A big card coming up this weekend. I know you wrote a piece. Uh, you had a chance to speak with John Jones, who's defending his belt once again against uh, Dominic Reyes, which I think the casual fan is still trying to figure out who Reyes is. I think Obviously, you do. You know who he is. I've seen him fight. You've seen him fight. We all know that this is an incredibly dangerous opponent, in my opinion. Um, but do, do you feel like in talking to John that – He's looking past him at all. I've seen interviews with Ariel, other people, and he's talking about heavyweight and he's talking about legacy and not a ton of conversations centering around Reyes. Is there any part of you that believes he's looking past this fight at all? Yeah, I mean, I had a great conversation with John this week, and the first question I said, what challenge does uh, Dominic Reyes present to you this, uh, this week? And he thought about it for a second. He said, to be honest with you, nothing. And uh, I was stunned uh, because, you know, John is a guy that, you know, really into preparation and being ready for these fights and feeling like he has all his bases covered. And that is not normally the way you hear uh, John talk. And so that, you know, that leads you to wonder, hey, is he focused on the fight? I mean, this is the exact type of, you know, what I would call a trap fight, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where he has, you know, potentially fighting for the heavyweight title in his next fight if he if he wins this, you know, and that would be a massive pay-per-view and, you know, make him a um, probably a career-high payday. And and a fight here where, you know, he's like a five- to six-to-one favorite, is expected to cruise to a victory. And, you know, he looks past the guy a little bit, the guy, you know, so when you, you know, no way is Dominic Reyes a better fighter than John Jones, but you can say, well, Jones, you know, looks past him a little bit. Reyes fights the fight of his life. Is it possible that Reyes wins? Yes, it's possible he wins. Uh, he's 12-0, and 0 and he's beaten some, some good fighters. So, you know, I think Jones should win the fight, but, you know, his his mindset is going to have a, a big factor in this. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he, listen, guys over 200 pounds with four-ounce gloves on, it only takes one punch. Is you, you know that better than anybody. So, you know, when I when I hear people talking that way, it, it, it raises the red flag, like, hey, hang on a minute. Yeah, he doesn't have the name he doesn't have the spotlight he doesn't have the reputation certainly of of the past uh, opponents that that john's had in front of him but he's just as capable if not more than some of those uh of ending a fight with one punch he's a powerful dude he's a big dude he's six four he's i think he presents an interesting challenge like you i expect if john jones is focused he should work his way through him fairly easily but you know listen he had he had tiago santos out there with two bad knees and torn ligaments all over the place right. and was really hesitant to to finish off a guy who looked like he could barely move. Yeah, he could have wrestled in that fight, and he chose not to wrestle. And, you know, he said, I wanted to fight his fight. But, you know, if you think about it, he didn't really fight um, Santos' fight that much because Santos couldn't kick him because Santos had two bad knees that, you know, they both require surgery. He still hasn't fought yet since then. Uh, so, you know, he's been – he's probably going to be out for several more months. So – um you know, I think John, you know, that might be in, in a weird way good for John because now John knows what happened in that fight, and, you know, that he didn't perform at his best. And so maybe he steps up, although he said to me the other day when I asked him, and I, you know, I was kind of critical of his performance in the uh, fight against Tiago. And, and he said that he thought, you know, he was happy with that. He wasn't happy with the Anthony Smith fight, which preceded it. But he said he was he, he went back and watched the tape and he thought he was happy with the way he fought against uh, Tiago. Interesting. So what, how do you see this one playing out then? Is it, is it a matter of, of Jones just maintaining that distance? He's, even though they're both 6'4", he's got, a, he's got a pretty substantial reach advantage as he does every right. fight. Um, the, you know, the one thing, Kevin, and I'll, I'll hit you with this because you, you watch boxing as much as anybody, and I'm an old-school boxing guy. With John's reach, 
I've never understood why, and I know he's not the best stand-up fighter. It's not his strength. But with that reach, if he just established a stinging jab, a snapping jab, he could win a fight with a jab with that reach. If he really committed to it, to snapping a jab out there and keeping people on the end of that punch and, and maintaining that distance, I've never understood why that's never been part of his game. He kind of paused it out there. It's more of a range finder. He's not really trying to do any damage with a jab. 84-and-a-half-inch reach. Why has that not never been a part of his game? Because he has even a greater reach with his kicks, and he's a good kicker. And I think he uses his kicks kind of like jabs. You know, he has that cheap kick uh, that he throws uh, to guys in the the chest. You know, he has that kick to the knee that a lot of people don't like and think should be outlawed. But I think, you know, he has a greater reach with his foot. uh, And so he uses his kicks as kind of a jab and a range finder. And that enables him to – the other thing that helps him, because he's a wrestler – if he throws those kicks and he, and he breaks down his opponent's legs where they, they can't put pressure on their legs and they can't punch because they're, they're struggling, then it's easier for him to take them down and he, he's able to grapple them and submit them and beat them up that way. So I, I think that's the rationale, although I agree with you. I mean, he is such a, a wonderful athlete that, and he has that big thing if he just learned to uh, fire his jab. I, I think he has a decent jab, but I wouldn't call it a great jab. Yeah, so how do you, I mean, I, I think we both are assuming he's going to win this fight barring a complete mental lapse and he gets clipped by a punch. It, it can always happen. Um, what do, what do you, is there anything left at light heavyweight? I know some people keep talking about young guys coming up, but he seems like a guy who needs to be inspired at this point, that he needs to be fired up by his opponent. And that's what makes a fight like this worrisome because Dominic Reyes doesn't do that, but obviously a fight against Stepe right. would, or you know somebody else in the in the heavyweight division. I don't know if he's got interest in Ngannou or whatever. But is, is there anything left for him after this fight at light heavyweight? Well, he, I don't think so. I mean, now he there wasn't there hasn't been for a while, and yet he keeps staying there because he wants to rack up title defenses. Um, but I, I'll have an interesting thing for you. I think he will fight Stipe next if he's successful. And then after that, I, I did. I was uh, in Los Angeles uh, yesterday and uh, did an interview with Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion. Uh, and this interview is going to air on. We're going to put it out on Monday on Yahoo Sports, so people can watch for that. And he said that he believes he will fight Jones International Fight Week 2021 at uh, Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas, where the Raiders are going to play. So that's what his, uh, you know, his goal is. And he, you know, he and Jones have been going back and forth at each other on social media. And I even brought up, I said, well, John told me Israel that he's going to go uh, to fight at heavyweight and would weigh 235. That would make him 50 pounds heavier than you. And Israel smiled, looked at me, and said, yeah, but it'll also make him 50 pounds slower. <laughs> I, I'm I'm intrigued by a potential matchup between those two. I think Israel might be in a little over his head if if they do meet up and and John is still in his prime. Depending if it's two twenty one and John's still cruising, I think that could be an ugly night for Adesanya. But I get the appeal. I I just don't know that he can carry the weight. I mean, does he look like a guy his frame? He'd be a comfortable two oh fiver. I think he could. You know, I, I don't think he'd even want to, but I think he might see him way in the 190s. But I think he could, you know, he's 6'4", too. So, you know, he just doesn't have the, the wide. John has very wide shoulders. That's why everybody for years has talked about John fighting as a heavyweight because you could just see him adding bulk on without too much problem. You know, John has those really thin legs, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just add a little bulk to his legs and some bulk to his upper body where, he, you know, he's got the wide frame. 
Um, Israel isn't as wide as John is, but he's six foot four. I think he could easily put on, you know, 20 pounds. But I think Israel values, you know, quickness more than bulk. And so I think if he were to fight Jones at 205, and he said he was willing to fight him at heavyweight, you know, he told me he would fight him at heavyweight, I, I think he would come in at like, you know, in the 190s, you know, 193 or something like that, where, you know, he puts on a little more than he has at uh, middleweight, doesn't really have to cut that much, and then would have a, a big advantage in speed and quickness. I think that's what he's thinking. Wow. It's an intriguing fight, certainly. And and everybody, th- the, the other thing before I let you go, everybody thinks Adesanya's this kid and he's just starting out. He's he's only two years younger than Jones, right? Isn't he 30? Yeah, he just turned he just turned uh, 30. He's... Um, but he was in glory kickboxing for a long time. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you one last teaser to my interview with him. Uh, I brought up the fact his last uh, uh, kickboxing fight was against Alex Perea in glory, and he got knocked out with a devastating left hand, and he was out for a while, flat on his back. And I said, you know, here you are now making, you know, tens of millions of dollars two years later and the UFC champion, and Perea is still making, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in glory. And, you know, he talked a little bit about that uh, at, kind of at the opening and, and his transition in MMA I found very interesting. Fantastic. That comes out on Monday? That'll be out Monday. Monday at yahoosports.com. Check that out. Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports has been our guest, one of the best in the business. Kevin, as always, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Enjoy the fights this weekend. I look forward to catching up soon. Anytime, Bob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.